All right. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Um, and uh, we are continuing on with our real couple, real spooky October thon. Because it's spooky season. Because it's spooky season. Um, so, this is a uh, three parter episode, at least at the time that we are recording this. Our vision is that this is a three-part episode um, where we are uh, currently going to be talking about the first film in the trilogy. What trilogy is that? Hotel Transylvania. Hotel Transylvania. Um, Because it rhymes with Motel Pennsylvania. It does. If you Uh, listen to our Beetlejuice episode. Yeah, scientifically it does. Um... Yeah, so let's just uh, let's get right into it. Um, this movie is adorable. It's adorable. It's it's uh, just a relentlessly charming movie, uh, similar to Beetlejuice. You know, um, going into it, uh, what were you expecting from it? I was expecting it to be family friendly, mm-hmm. and you know, to have all the like classic Halloweeny type characters, like. Mm-hmm vampires and such Um, classic movie monsters yeah um i expected it to be good for the whole family which it was um yeah and then i i didn't really expect it to have like a great storyline yeah because it's a kids movie which i was pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed this movie. It was funny. It was cute. It, yeah. I just really um, liked it. It has a huge cast, too, which I did not know going into it. Um, Yeah, as you were saying, like, you were expecting it to be fun for the whole family. I was expecting it to be fun for the kids. Yeah. I was expecting it to be a bit of a bore fest for the adults. Um, I was expecting... um, not so much Despicable Me and much more uh, Minions Rise of Gru. Like, oh, okay. Like a, uh, the the kind of jokes that are like, you should have stopped several movies ago. Why are you yeah. still going? Um, but uh, yeah, and I, I wouldn't say I was as pleasantly surprised as some other um, animated uh, family movies. Um, I wouldn't put this on the same level as Cloud or the Chance of Meatballs. Um, no. But I would. Or like Megamind. Yeah. I will plug both of those. If any of you guys have not seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs or Megamind, you are doing yourself a massive Please disservice. Please watch them. Holy crap. Both are phenomenal. But you also won't be disappointed yeah. with Hotel Transylvania yeah. either. Uh, Hotel Transylvania, I feel like, has. Um, a very good grasp of just what's just fundamentally funny. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, um, it doesn't always have to be crude humor. There are a few. Um, there's a fart joke kind of early joke. on yeah. that, I was, that I, was, I was good with. Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, but it also has heartwarming moments in it, too. It like, the dad vampire, like, chasing after the human guy on the plane and mm-hmm. he's just like burning up the whole time yeah, and like vampire he's just like smoking and just in so much pain but is doing it because he loves his daughter like that's adorable yeah um and that's another thing i feel like uh i i think this had a decent enough script that it can just work on its own however they then got a cast who knew how to work really well mm-hmm. with the script provided. Um, so if you give that same script for the main kid, if you give that to someone other than Andy Samberg, it'll still be fun. But Andy Samberg knows how to bring a personality to, to it, it yeah. that really makes his character great. Um, well, and didn't you say that the director of the movie had the voice actors come in and record together uh instead yes. of doing it separate or was it just a couple of people the the list of names that i was seeing did not include andy samberg or um selena gomez 
it was like the guys who constantly worked together with Adam Sandler, who did Dracula. So Adam Sandler, David Spade, um, Steve Buscemi, um, and a couple others. Um, but uh, yeah, that that was really interesting because it's very very rare for um, an animated movie. Uh, or animated pretty much anything. Animated movies, animated shows, uh, more often than not, they'll just have actors record individually. Every once in a while, they'll do um, like two actors recording together. Um, but yeah, apparently having Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Steve Buscemi, David Spade... Um, all there at the same time recording together to get that chemistry. Uh, that's very, very rare for animated. And I feel like it worked well for this movie. It did. Um, I, I will say um, it's kind of interesting uh, when I read that because I feel like those characters only have like a couple scenes where all of them are present together. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, at the same time. Um, for an animated movie like this, I, I feel like bringing all those guys together, you really only need them all in the same place at the same time for a couple days, probably. But Could you imagine how fun that would be, though? Just oh to gosh. have those men in a room? Yeah. Like, you would never stop laughing. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the kind of thing, like, um, every time I can find footage of, like, recording sessions, I love that stuff. Um and uh, and it's always really interesting to me to see movies where they do really nail um, inner character chemistry when they weren't all there together. I think um, like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, great chemistry between characters. Yeah. The actors all recorded together. individually, though. Um, very interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, so I... I was very pleasantly surprised with how good the comedy was. Um, very pleasantly surprised with uh, how well the voice actors handled the material and stuff like that. Did you see that Miley Cyrus was originally cast as Mavis? Yes. Uh, but was, was, a very fired, one. was uh, fired after buying her then boyfriend Liam Hemsworth a penis shaped cake for his birthday. And being photographed licking it. The studio was nervous about the starlet leading an animated family film while shedding her Disney Channel image. So she was replaced by Selena Gomez. At the time, it was said that Cyrus had to withdraw to focus on other projects. But she revealed the truth in 2019. Um, which, the concept that this movie came out in 2012 and she didn't reveal that until 2019 like that's a um, long time to hold that secret in yeah and i i would be very interested to find out like when she made that known was the studio like damn it we told you to go to your grave with that or were they like yeah that's that's fine um yeah but it, it uh yeah I, I i feel like so many um, actors and actresses kind of need to find out that when you are such a public figure, um, there, there are so many repercussions to things you post publicly on the internet. Um, and you know, there are certain celebrities who could easily get away with something like that. Steve-O openly has, like, dick tattoos on his body. But, but Steve-O is not going to be voicing gonna, yeah, a character Steve-O's in a not family hired movie. For projects like this, and so I feel like it's it's interesting when uh, you have celebrities who expect to be given that same sort of treatment, but then they actually look at what they're currently working on, and there are repercussions to their actions. Um, so, yeah, always always interesting. But uh, yeah, and. Um, I really do like Selena Gomez in this. I think um, she was a yeah. She did great a really good job. Choice for that, um, 
and I feel like Miley Cyrus has like an oddly raspy voice for some of the characters she plays. Yeah, I don't feel like it would have fit as well because Mavis yeah. is just this like cute little like big eyed mm-hmm. teenager, you... even though she's 118 years old. Yeah. Did you ever see Bolt? Yeah. Uh, Miley Cyrus voices Penny, the Bolt's owner girl. Okay, yeah. And there's always just this moment where I'm watching Bolt and I'm like, how many packs is Penny smoking a day? She's like 12. (laughs) (laughs) What? Um, But yeah, that's just me. Um, A couple things that I really liked about this movie. I loved how um, they constantly just like, it's animated. We've got animated characters. Let's beat the shit out of them because it's easy to watch that when they're animated. Um, so like you've got zombie characters who just shits constantly falling. Yeah, on. when they're like pulling down the fake town yeah. and the, the walls just fall right on them. Um, at, at some point, I think there's like a spider or some bugs or something like that. People are just like falling on them, and then yeah. they just like squeak out. Um, there was a lot of slapstick impact humor that I laughed hysterically at every time. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that. Um, there was... I feel like the werewolf family was hilarious. The werewolf family. That was really funny. I loved that. Um, and I thought Steve Buscemi did a great job as just that, like, overworked dad voice. Um, loved that. Um, one thing that I was kind of, um, maybe a little disappointed or something... But uh, saddened to see, probably. Um, they give uh, Wolfman a character. There's a mummy character. There's uh, Invisible Man. There's uh, Frankenstein's monster. No creature from the Black Lagoon. Or if there was, creature was He could have been big... in the, like, background of the hotel lobby scene somewhere. Yeah. So, like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's there somewhere. But... But not a main character. Yeah, not a main character. And I feel like for, like, the classic movie monsters creatures like almost as iconic i would say more iconic than invisible man um but like as iconic as the mummy um one thing i'm a little bit worried about is that like so at the time that we're recording this we have not seen the second or third movies in this franchise i'm a little bit worried that it's going to be one of those situations where the first one made a lot of money and people loved it. So the f- subsequent films are going to feel like a cash grab where there's not going to be as good of a story. There's not going to be like that character development, that charm. They're just going to put the characters that you loved in the first one in a different setting. Mm-hmm. Like I think the second one, they're in Hawaii. I or Hawiwi, as yeah. they say. Um, so I'm just worried that, like, the next two movies are not going to be as good. Yeah, and and this wouldn't be the first franchise to do that. No, not at um, all. It I, happens all the time. I think I've seen two of the Despicable Me's, and I remember thinking the second one was not mm-hmm. necessary. Um, I saw all three of the Madagascar movies. Um I think the first one is okay. I think the second one is pretty weak. And I think the third one breaks into this new territory where it just went for, like, the most bizarre humor possible. And so the third is actually my favorite of the trilogy. But then they did Penguins of Madagascar, which I think is better than all three of the Madagascar films. Um, So, yeah, uh, Hotel Transylvania, hopefully... It, it continues to be good, but if it does sort of start to feel like cash grab. Um, another thing that's always really tragic to me is when there's something that makes the audience laugh. And so the writers lean too heavily into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, kids fell too in love with Minions. And then all of a sudden Minions were way too prevalent in the narrative mm-hmm. of this despicable me franchise and i think the the heart of despicable me is Gru's relationship with the girls yes and that really did not um continue on from 
from what I remember and from what I've seen. Um, and I, like the heart in Hotel Transylvania is the father-daughter relationship as well. Mm-hmm. So I'll be interested to see if they play too much into like her relationship with the human mm-hmm. or, you know, just something else. But also I think there's a lot of character growth from beginning of the film to end of the film. I agree. And so if beginning of the second movie, if you have Mavis once again, just being like, Oh, my dad doesn't understand me. It's like, really? What about all but the like, growth we made in the first movie? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, worried that they're just going to like retread the same ground. Um, but uh, yeah, um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but uh, yeah, definitely. But you won't have to wait to hear because yeah, this just, you're going to just hear it next. Yeah. Just don't pause the, podcast keep listening um but uh yeah i thought the animation was really good um one uh fun trivia fact that really really impressed me um uh just says notice frank's or frankenstein or frankenstein's monster uh has light blue skin while some interpretations recolor frankenstein's monster as green the original black and white movie's makeup was indeed pale blue to give the impression in monochrome of pale and injured tissue. Uh, once I again, do appreciate that touch that they put in. Yeah. Um, you know, once again, like, you know, growing up with my parents owning a toy store and stuff, I mean, everyone's very um, familiar and aware of the image of um, the, the original Frankenstein movie and, and what frankenstein's monster looks like um i was completely unaware that um originally on set he had pale blue skin that's really interesting to me and so the fact that this movie um not only referenced the original frankenstein film but referenced a fun obscure fact about the movie was also really interesting and neat um i feel like that happens every once in a while but it's always so great when they go for a reference that is off the beaten path and like more obscure like that um there's a another moment kind of like that at the beginning of the movie rango whenever i talk about rango i rave about this one moment very beginning uh rango tries to cross a road bunch of cars come he's um gets swooped up in the wind um and at some point he hits the windshield of a convertible and it's Johnny Depp and Benicio Del Toro in a red convertible heading to Vegas at the beginning of Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. So in a movie starring Johnny Depp, there was a cameo of Johnny Depp from a completely different Johnny Depp movie that is not at all kid-friendly. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, like... I things love like things that. like that that, like... If you're just casually viewing a film, you wouldn't pick up on yeah, that at all. It's not going to take you out of the movie. But then when you like dive deeper into it, you realize that these things are so intentional mm-hmm. and put there for a reason. Oh, I just love it. Yeah. Um I've I've always loved the idea that like if you're working on a movie and spending that much time with character uh um design and all these different things, like how are we going to block this scene? you're spending so long on every single detail. And so you have time to like, hey, what if we threw in this tiny little reference that's sort of a blink and you miss it sort of thing? The audience may never pick up on it, but I kind of want to know that it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, so many things like that where... It just increases your appreciation for how this movie was made. Yeah. And the love that was put into it by the creators and I feel like this happens a lot in kids' movies, especially. Because, mm-hmm. you know, they're animated. You can put your stamp on it. You can, like, do all of this stuff that, you know, even, like, with Marvel movies, too. Like, every little detail is, like, so intentional. And I just love it so much. Yeah. And I, I also love how um, with either, um, like computer animated movies like this or with movies that are heavily cgi you can make those decisions 
so at like any point in the process Mm -hmm. um there are moments in um in this or uh in um the the recently released um Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie on Disney yeah, Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many so references. So many of those. That. So many that are like, um, this this one thing, don't even have the camera focus on it. Have it be a blurry thing in the background. At some point I saw on the internet that apparently in one of the background shots of Chippendale Rescue Rangers, you can see the graffiti that Miles Morales does at the end of into the Spider-Verse, but the camera is only focused on the characters in the forefront, and it's, like, across the street. So it's, like, it's so blurry. You have to be, uh, like, freeze-framed on that moment with uh, the shot from Spider-Verse right next to each other in order to realize that's the same Mm -hmm. image. Um, And, yeah, I think with a movie like this, um, it's so easy to just like, hey, what if we uh, threw something in in the background? And like you were saying with Marvel, there's so many times when, if you re- look really closely, like back in Iron Man 2, they reference both Wakanda and Atlantis, which from what I understand is not going to be called Atlantis in Black Panther 2, but whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, you see a map and, and they just, whoever did the CGI render on the map was like, hey, we need certain places sort of like pinned mm-hmm. where can i put these pins and someone was like can i put one in the middle of africa to reference wakanda sure go for it hey can i put a pin in the middle of the ocean because of namor and, and atlantis sure go for it uh, okay are we telling the audience that we are making a black panther movie no it's like 2009 at this point if we get there in the future, we get there in the future. But for now, it's just a fun little thing we threw in the background. And I, I love I love that. And now that you know we're sitting here in 2022, we're like, oh my gosh, that stuff's all coming to fruition. <laughs> so yeah. Um love those those subtle and minute details in the backgrounds and stuff. Um but yeah, I really liked this movie. Thought it was really, really cute. Um hopefully we'll like the other two. Hopefully. Stay tuned. Um, Part two coming next. Yeah. Have a great day or night or morning or uh, whenever you're listening to this. Have a, have a great time of day. Welcome back, everybody, to a new episode. Well, no. this Continuation, continuation. episode. This is the first time we're doing a continuation. Um, but yeah, uh, so... Um, as you already know, uh, because you've just listened to uh, Hotel Transylvania Part 1, uh, this is Hotel Transylvania Part 2 because we watched Hotel Transylvania 2. So you can kind of see where the logic goes with that one. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But anyways, um, yeah, um, let's let's get into it. What did you think? I loved it. Yeah. I did not expect at all to love it. Really? I had... Like, specifically the second one, or just the, the trilogy, or... I think, just like I said in the last episode, I was very nervous that it was just going to be a cash grab, and that there wasn't going to be a good story, and that I just wouldn't really like it. But I thought it was adorable. Yeah. Just like the first one. Yeah. I think it's actually higher rated on Rotten Tomatoes than the first one is. Yeah, 11% higher. So, uh, I think the first one's 44%, this one's 55%. Insane. Yeah, um... Would you say you liked this one better than the first film? I don't think I liked it better. Okay. But it's right up there with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I probably liked it more. Um, but just with anything, it's really impressive when a second movie is as good as your first. Like if you're able to continue on um, making a good story, that's almost more impressive than just coming up with 100% agree. Um, like for, I think, um, for years I was really, really impressed even as a young kid that, uh, Toy Story 2 was as good as it was Mm -hmm. because Toy Story 1 is such a great, interesting story where the characters grow and and they're so different in the end than they were in the beginning. And, uh, yeah, like when you're making Toy Story 2, are you just going to like retread the same ground and like make, uh, Woody and Buzz's 
characters and personalities like regress so that you can retread the same ground but instead toy story 2 figures out like a completely new story just as interesting and compelling and i think um hotel transylvania 2 did a really good job of not just incorporating a new character but also focusing on him but finding a way uh that it didn't seem like out of nowhere yeah, it felt yeah. like a very natural progression of their storyline. Yeah. Which I really, really liked. Um, and, and yeah, like, if, if they were to suddenly bring in this, uh, you know, I guess we can just get into spoilers, um, bringing in a baby, yeah, that totally makes sense. Because they tell you that a baby was just born. It's not like, I feel like there are some movies where it's like, oh, in this new one, you know, my great aunt Ethel is a major character, and it's like, I, you've never mentioned that we you have yeah. a great anvil. With this, it's like, oh, our baby. You've never told us you have a baby. Yeah, that's how babies work. <laughs> First we don't have them, and then we freaking have them. But they went through all the, like, marriage and baby, and yeah. their um, time jumps were kind of all over the place at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, it... Um, the fact very that we, House of the dragon Very House of the Dragon. It's funny that we're uh, watching these at the same time. Um... But, uh, yeah, at the very beginning, like, I, I really did like the, the characters from the first movie. So at the beginning, when it starts out with, like, you're going through the castle, and then you see a sign that says, congrats, Mavis and Jonathan, mm -hmm. I think. I had this moment of, like, oh, are they getting married? Oh, I'm so happy for them. And then, like, five minutes later, it was like, well, that's old news. <laughs> I, was, I was really surprised by, um, you know, I... I if, if I were one of the writers, I'd be like, okay, easy story structure. Uh, Hotel Transylvania 2 is going to be the movie about the wedding. Hotel Transylvania 2, 3, then we'll tell a story about their baby. But, like, the fact that they were like, no, wedding, that's... We'll just squish it all in together. We, I, I wonder, like, uh, did they not have enough good ideas to make a, a wedding movie funny and, and intriguing? Probably. So they just jumped straight past it. Um, which, if that's the case... Um, Good for them. Right? Much they did respect. a great job. Yeah, I feel like plenty of times it's like, oh, we don't really have enough good ideas to justify this movie. And the but we're going like, to do it anyways. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, was the Blobby character in the first movie? He was in it. He was I don't remember him this, being a big character. He was not. But and I, was, I loved how yeah. they handled him. Just like as he was like at the wedding, how he had like absorbed a suit inside mm -hmm. of him so that's how he was dressed up for the wedding and then him riding on the Scooter. the sidecar oh thing oh my gosh yeah and then getting thrown into the wilderness and absorbing leaves and sticks and a squirrel mm -hmm. <laughs> i thought that was hilarious yeah and they uh something i mentioned with the first one um they do a lot of like kind of slapstick but also writing characters that you can just beat the shit out of mm -hmm. when they're attaching the like sidecar moped thing to the side of the um car one of the zombies accidentally just like screws straight into his hand yeah and like it's <laughs> it's so th these movies when that stuff happens it's like you're kind of horrified and that's kind of where the humor comes from but there's not enough um it's not realistic enough so that the audience is, like, actually horrified. They're just like, what it's the? Just oh, funny. my gosh, I yeah. didn't expect that. But there's no, like, oh, my gosh, I think I'm going to be sick. He's drilling into his hand. Like, right. No, it's, it's it's a like cartoon zombie. cute horror. Yeah. And I, I think that's another thing where um, certain um, animation studios strive so much for, like, photorealism. Um, like Pixar. They may change the exact proportions of your average human so that like yeah. mr incredible has like a larger chest the giant or, disney princess eyes yeah giant eyes or um the the guy from up is like wicked short mm -hmm. but he's still not a midget like, yeah they, they didn't do midget but he's ludicrously short his head is more square than any square i've ever drawn on a paper <laughs> um so yeah but at the end of the day like if you go super super close in on fabric or something in the newer Pixar films, you're seeing, like, microfibers. Fibers. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's insane. And I think that with this, with something like Hotel Transylvania and things like that, they aren't 
aiming for photorealism. They want detail, but they they never want your brain to confuse this with reality. And mm-hmm. so because of that, you can do things where you It you're, just lets it be fun. Yeah, you're able to rip off a zombie's hand, things like that. And, and It does not have to be based in reality. Yeah, and, and there's never that, uh, like, you need to remind yourself that this isn't real. It's always kind of at the forefront of your subconscious, if that makes sense. Like, the way Dracula is able to, like, bend over... Um, like his spine just does like a full U-turn. Yeah. In order to be like really intimidating towards Jonathan and stuff like that. I love that. Um, and it it's never like the, the human body couldn't do that. If, you know, Mr. Incredible were to do that, I'd be like, you can't do that. What are you no. Um, but yeah, with a, a movie like this where they sort of set the ground rules that they're not following the rules of reality. I love it. Um, Can we talk about how this is Adam Sandler's most successful movie? Yeah, I just saw that. It pulled in over $169 million domestically. Words are hard. They are. Um, Yeah, that's really, really interesting. Because every time a Hotel Transylvania movie came out, I was always like, eh, I'm going to skip that. Yeah, same. And people would see them and be like, actually, they're really good. And I was like, oh, okay. But, like, bigger than 50 first dates? Yeah. I, I or... don't remember people talking about them like, oh, if you haven't seen them, you are missing out. Um, I think I mentioned it in the last episode. Can't remember for sure. But um, there was one time back when I was uh, working um, at my parents' store in Burbank. Got to plug that again. Um, but uh, someone came in and they started raving about um, Cloudy the Chance of Meatballs. And I was like, oh, yeah. So good. I heard about it. I never saw it. And they were like, oh, you need to see it. And I was like, okay, yeah, we'll do. And didn't. And then they came in like three days later or something. And they looked like they came in as soon as they saw me. They were like, have you watched Cloud with a Chance of Meatballs yet? And I I had that moment of like, oh, shit, they're going to follow up with me? Damn. And so then like that night. Who are these people? Yeah, like the next day, something like that. I watched it as soon as I could. So glad I did. So glad someone was like, no, this movie slaps. And if you're not watching it, you are doing yourself a disservice. I don't disservice. think they like, used the term slaps. I don't think that was a thing back in 2010. No, no, they did not. Um, but I used it because I'm telling this story in 2022. Fun oh. fact. Yeah. Um, so it's not a word for word retelling. It's not a word for word retelling because I feel um, you feel j- Okay. Um,. <laughs> Here's a word for word retelling. I forget most of the dialogue at the end. <laughs> um, You're such a good storyteller. Aren't I just? Um, so uh, the the fact that they they followed up and they they forced me to watch it. I'm so glad they did. No one ever forced me to watch Hotel Transylvania. It was just this this October. We were like, what can we watch that's like you know spooky but not scary. And it came up, so we decided to watch it. And I'm glad we have. Same. And yeah. Um, and I would highly recommend for any oh, of our yeah. listeners who haven't it's seen adorable. them. It's adorable. It's totally worth the watch. Um, I feel like it's a great way to introduce your kids to these, mm-hmm. you know, classic monsters. Yeah. But they're yeah. not actually monsters. Mm-hmm. If you're wanting to show your kids, like, you know, I, I want to show my kid the original Frankenstein, but he just doesn't have any interest you show them Hotel Transylvania, and then when they're like, oh my gosh, my favorite character is Wolfman or whatever, then you're like, yeah. Do you want to watch the movie that they came from? Oh, yeah. And then, you know, they sit through a movie that has the pacing of, you know, does not have uh, 2022 pacing. Um, yeah. So they'll still probably be bored. <laughs> Sorry to say. Um, but the voice of uh, Murray the Mummy will be different from number one to number two. Yeah. Because CeeLo Green got arrested and Keegan-Michael Key replaced him. Yeah, which um, I I feel like for the cast that they got for these movies, Keegan-Michael Key fits so much better than Mm -hmm. CeeLo Green. CeeLo Green, in the first movie, I will say, it really felt like all the characters would just be like chatting and CeeLo, the mummy, would be like, I know how we can solve this problem. Let's sing a song. I was like, oh okay, my gosh. so you're probably but in the second by one, some music character, aren't you? When they use him as a kite 
accidentally yes. hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I feel like when they recast the voice actor, the character of the mummy no longer had this weird obsession with music that was only mm-hmm. justified by who was doing his voice. I agree. And so I was kind of honestly appreciative that they got rid of CeeLo Green so that they weren't writing a character for CeeLo Green. They were just writing a character for the overall story. Uh, what you mentioned about um, when they use him as a kite, there's like a sort of an underlying joke in there that like they never really touch upon. But the fact that the mummy is like super scrawny and thin. Right. Especially because before they leave, he's like, my summer body's not ready yet. Yeah. And then he's actually super skinny under all those wraps. Yeah. And then they land and like just the way the wrapping falls, it like gives them all the chubbiness back. That was so funny, especially since they never really, no one on screen was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize you were so so thin or anything like that. Um, So what do you think we can expect from Hotel Transylvania 3 Summer Vacation. Yeah, so... Um, you think they're going to take Beetlejuice to Hawaii? Um, maybe. Um, yeah, it, it is funny that, like, Beetlejuice, they wanted the sequel to go tropical, and then with Hotel Transylvania, the third one is going tropical. Um, that's... They'll just call it Hawiiwi the whole time. Oh, yeah, I do wonder if they'll, they'll continue that That was not mentioned at all in the second movie yeah yeah um which i i don't know i i kind of feel like that's the kind of joke that works once or twice Mm -hmm. in one movie but if you're like we know what the fans want and the fans want more mispronunciations of hawaii like i i probably would have been like oh boy are we still are we still on this one um like i don't know mispronunciations are always kind of a maybe overly easy joke to make um kind of like uh uh in ralph breaks the internet the record ralph sequel um they get wi-fi and he's like trying to pronounce it and he's like wifey what what is that if they were to make a record ralph three and he's still like ever since we got that wifey I, I unless it's in like the first five minutes of the movie what are we doing <laughs> um yeah so um, I was I was glad they didn't um, keep on doing the the Hawiiwi joke, but if they bring it back for the third one when they're actually going to a tropical place, then that would make sense. Why it's um... are you optimistic for the third one? Yeah, I, I feel like uh, for a lot of things, if you can make your first two movies good, like if you can make a good movie and a good sequel usually you have enough talent to make more. Uh, There are times when the longer we go, the less Mm -hmm. quality. Um, I would say I'm cautiously optimistic for number three. Yeah. Um, I I would say even if the third one, which the third one has a way higher score than the first two. Um, The, yeah, uh, I think... The Rotten Tomatoes score for the first one, like I said, is 44%. For the second, it's 55%. I think for the third one, it's like 87%. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, so maybe it'll be great. Yeah. Um, Stay tuned. We'll let you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I would say even just looking at the first two, even if the third one is way worse, it probably won't be painfully bad, just not quite as funny as the first two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would, and the fact that they're getting a fourth, um, I personally, I, I did like, um, just as an example, uh, I liked the first um, Night the Museum movie. I didn't really think it needed a sequel. And then I saw the sequel. And I think Battle for the Smithsonian is way better than the first movie. But then they made the third one. And I was like, okay, yeah, the second one was really good. I don't know if we need a third. And then I saw the third and I was right. The third one's bad. I like the third one. Do you? Do you remember the third one? I do. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think the third one is is nearly that good. And then they didn't make more after that. So I feel like I feel like um, there there were people in both boats. So um, yeah, uh, I I would expect 
the third Hotel Transylvania to be better than the third Night at the Museum. Okay. Okay. Well, um, our listeners will find out yeah. in like two seconds yep. because we're just going to go right into the third one. Yeah. And and as you know, whenever we start a new episode, it's just like I hit record and we say, it's good. And that's how we start. It's good. It's good. Um, so yeah, you will find out uh, momentarily what we thought of the third movie. Uh, but yeah, if you haven't seen either of the first two at this point and you're, you've been listening this long, um, I, I would definitely recommend do it. Watch play it. on them. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. We will uh, see you uh, next time, which is starting now. All right. And uh, so now you have clearly listened to our review of uh, Hotel Transylvania 1 and then Hotel Transylvania 2. And as you may have guessed, and you've just been told, this is our review of Hotel Transylvania 3. Um, so let's, let's get into it. Uh, Paige, what did you think? I did not like it as much as I liked the first two. Same. It was still cute and fun and yeah. like very colorful. And I think the kids would definitely like it. But just it was not as good. Yeah. Um, and so just recently re-listening to our review of Hotel 2 something that I'd mentioned was that hoping it would be on par with the others, but if it wasn't, I doubt it would be like painful to watch. And I think I was right. It wasn't quite as good, but if you forced me to watch this again, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. It's, it's not an unwatchable movie. It's just, it was fun to see them go on vacation on a cruise Mm -hmm. where they do everything at night. Yeah. Which, uh, getting into that, that was something that really struck me as odd because all of the promotional material, like all of the uh, posters that I've seen, they all make it look like it's a sunny, tropical vacation. And then you watch the movie, and it's all nighttime. And then I looked closer at all those posters, and several of them do have like a full moon in the background, but it's just like the brightest nighttime in the <laughs> world. And I really think it just comes down to someone rendered the poster at night and then the studio execs or whoever were like no people probably won't they probably needed to advertise it more bright yeah like advertise it as like a summer beach vacation thing not as a nighttime vacation thing and so they just had to be like okay so i keep the moon but i up the brightness level that seems weird but all right boss so yeah i thought the the posters were filled to the brim with with odd decisions but I yeah. did love the werewolves again. Yeah. With that... the kids club and their whole horde of mm-hmm. children just like making these dead fish regret every choice they've ever made. And then them playing fetch on the beach. Yes. Was yeah, so funny. Wife. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. The the wolves having a gigantic family is one joke that I feel like they've just carried over every single movie and it's kind of the one joke for wolfman but it's so funny i'm fine with it oh yeah like i've mentioned in in previous episodes and stuff that the if you lean too much into one specific joke it just gets old like at this point i'm so sick and tired of like just hearing the minions talk Mm -hmm. because it's just like yeah they babble it's been the same joke ever since Despicable Me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, all of a sudden, the way they babble kind of sounds like banana. So have them say banana, and then beyond that, it's just a garbled mess. I don't care. With the joke of the, the wolfman and his wife having just litters upon litters of children, I'm like, yeah, never, never uh, uh, put that joke away. That's always going to be funny to me. I did also love the gremlins on the airplane. Yes. That was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was really cool how a lot of the monsters and stuff in all of the hotel movies are always like very classic movie monsters. Mm-hmm. And then the gremlins are clearly references to gremlins, which I believe came out in the 80s. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was a movie that I grew up with i'm very familiar with the gremlins movies and so to suddenly see that referenced um right next to all of these 
uh, classic like juggernaut icons mm-hmm. of horror was really really fun. Um, and also just them going to like the Bermuda Triangle and mm-hmm. uh, just I read that if you look closely in that scene when they're approaching, you can see some of the boats that were lost in real life in the Bermuda Triangle. Okay, yeah. As I was seeing, so there were just boats, like little references. Yeah, that I really felt appreciated. Like if I knew more about aquatic tragedies <laughs> i may be able to you know identify more of these i liked that the... i think considering your fear of things underwater you probably shouldn't do any research on aquatic tragedies <laughs> um i do have don't a, go down that rabbit hole please yeah, i do have a strange little phobia thing of um there's there's a term for it i've looked it up several times i, I can never remember what it's called but uh, large things underwater kind of freak me out. Um, uh, dark, like like large abysses underwater freak me out. Um, there's there's one photo I've seen of just like things that don't belong underwater being underwater. Like there's there's this one image I've seen it several times, and it always just like kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies. But it's a like a school, like a, a plastic chair with the metal legs that you would sit on in, mm-hmm. in elementary school it's just one of those sitting on the ocean floor just alone in the middle like it's just a, a flat ocean floor and just this chair right there oh boy <laughs> i reiterate please do not research yeah. aquatic disasters um, but with that said um like i i love the movie titanic and you hate that movie which I makes do. no sense to me um and you haven't seen it since you were, like, young and didn't know what a good movie looked like. Um, yeah, I'm going to throw shade at you. Um, but, yeah. That, I'm that, rolling my eyes very loudly for our is, listeners who cannot is. see. That is one that I would love to revisit with you to see um, either if your opinion has changed or if your opinion has stayed the same, now you can, like, specifically remember what... Uh, you don't like about it and you can like put into words more accurately like because I feel like you're much better um anyways we digress we were talking about Hotel Transylvania 3 yeah um but with that said yeah I I would uh find it very interesting to uh almost uh do what we did with She-Hulk you know um where I like it and you don't um and I'm right and you're wrong (laughs) haha no but uh yeah because Titanic is a phenomenal film, just so you know. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that the boat they're on in Hotel 3 is... Looks like the Titanic. Yeah, it's it's very reminiscent of the Titanic, but they just never... Just a cartoon version of yeah. it. Yeah, um, which that's always kind of odd to me when you have, like, Dracula, this fictitious uh, horror movie character, and Frankenstein, fictitious horror movie character, Wolfman, Mummy, all of these fictitious things and then let's reference the titanic a real tragedy <laughs> where real people died like no and one... the bermuda triangle which real stuff happened in. <laughs> yeah i've also heard um rumors that the what is it? the the ratio of ships that have gone missing in the bermuda triangle is actually exactly the same ratio of ships that go missing everywhere else but everyone's just like, oh my gosh, we lost three ships in this one area. It's like, well, yeah, we've lost three ships in that same amount of space all over the world. Just no one gives a shit. Um, one thing that did really bug me during mm-hmm. Hotel 3 was the like DJ music battle. Yeah. Where the good music versus the evil music was fighting for control over the Kraken. Yeah. I thought that was so dumb. Yeah, I I did like the concept that it's like the those old tunes that everybody finds funny, you know, like the Macarena. Who can't love the Macarena? But yeah, I, I almost felt like that would be a better scene for like a middle of the movie lower stakes scene. Yeah, not like the, the climactic, climactic moment. Yeah, that was dumb. I read that when they wrote the song for the Kraken that he sings, they had, uh, I think it's Joe Jonas, one of the Jonas brothers, they immediately had him in mind. And it just kind of seems like once you're writing a character like the Kraken, 
with a musical number in mind and you want someone like Joe Jonas, you're writing a pretty meh sort of like very one note character. Um, kind of like mm-hmm. when they cast CeeLo Green as the mummy, you suddenly wrote a one note character of because of some... who was voicing it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, like I mentioned in the uh, last part of the episode, I was really happy to see them replace CeeLo Green with um, Keegan-Michael Key. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this one, I did kind of feel like they... They kind of reverted back. Yeah. The Even though went... it wasn't CeeLo Green again, I yeah. felt like he was back to the character he was in Hotel One. Yeah, and that was kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. One thing I did read that I thought was interesting was that uh, Dennis, the giant pug dog... Yes. Um, he first appeared in a short film called Puppy, a Hotel Transylvania short. Yeah. Which I didn't know existed, but I guess he was supposed to just have a very short cameo in Hotel 3, but audiences responded so well, which how could you not? It was adorable. Yeah. He was kind of obnoxious, but like adorable at the same time. And to have um, the kids just think that they're like disguising this giant dog with a hat and a coat well not only thinking that they're disguising the dog but then it turns out they're successful like i appreciated that yeah i that's a another one of those jokes that always gets me to laugh is when a terrible stupid disguise works um perry the platypus from phineas and ferb when he's just a platypus, no one knows who he is. As soon as he puts on that fedora, everybody knows it's Perry the platypus. Hilarious. Like, that's that stuff is great. Um, so, yeah, having the dog just put on a trench coat, but it's blatantly still a dog. Awesome. Um, so, what did you think of the kids? Um, I forget their names. I think one's Maisie or something. Oh, the little werewolf girl. The little werewolf girl and, and the main and then character's kids. Kid. Dennis? I think maybe. Wait, did I say Dennis was the dog's name? I think you may have said Dennis was the dog's name. I don't know. But the two Excuse kids. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. The the baby from Hotel 2 is Yeah, now I like, thought he was cute. Yeah. What do you think of uh, the two kids' relationship? I thought it was hilarious. I love it. I love it so much. And I think there's a moment in this one, because I don't think it's in the... It may be in the last one, but he starts getting picked on by his cousins, and then the werewolf girl, like attacks his cousins uh-huh. and they're like okay i guess we're down with her then um i love that and and i feel like it sets it up for more potential sequels in yeah. this trilogy <clears throat> yeah it's which funny. i shouldn't say trilogy anymore because hotel four came out earlier this year yeah we just so, haven't watched it yet yeah. so, and it's not gonna be part of this episode yeah, so. it's a quadrilogy but we don't care we consider it a trilogy maybe someday we'll see the fourth and honestly, at this point, I hope the fourth kind of focuses more on the relationship between the two kids. Because I yeah. find that really, really cute and um, enjoyable to watch. I agree. Um, I feel like overall, great trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, fun for the whole family. Um, the third one is a bit of a dud, but... Um, not enough to ruin the whole thing, though. No. This is this is not like X-Men Apocalypse, you know, where... Um, yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but there's a moment they come out of uh, Return of the Jedi in X-Men Apocalypse, and they're like, yeah, well, everybody knows the third one's never as good. And it was kind of like X-Men Apocalypse's way of being like, don't expect much from this movie. And then they proceeded to make a dog shit movie. And so, yeah. That um, did not happen with the Hotel Transylvania trilogy. No, no, it's not terrible. But third part is definitely the weak link. Um I, I will say, um, I was kind of disappointed by the trivia for the movie. As I was looking through, I was just like, eh, this is pretty much just all boring. Yeah. Um, one Other thing... than that, I did read that Catherine Hahn had always wanted to play a villainous character. So my and... assumption from that is that this was her first time being a villain. Yeah. And then, now obviously, she's, she's now like, we know. A villain. Yeah. Because, yeah, she plays, um, obviously, Agatha Harkness in um, WandaVision. Marvel, yeah. And she plays Doc Ock in Spider-Verse. 
Mm-hmm. And so um, I that is one actress that she was always, you know, great in like a side role or something, like in Step Brothers, things like that. But now that she's really being given the spotlight more and more, she's I'm loving shining. It. Like yeah. they they send her difficult stuff and she still hits it out of the park. I'm very impressed with Catherine Hahn and very happy she's getting the recognition she deserves. Um, and apparently Hotel Transylvania 3 is what kicked off that yeah. part of her career, I guess. Yeah. Um, Even though her character storyline was super predictable. Yeah. Literally, yeah. as we were watching it, Dallas was like, okay, so she's a Van Helsing and she's going to be carrying on this family tradition of trying to kill Dracula, but then she's going to fall in love and it's all going to be okay. And guess what happened? Yeah. Um, which there are, there were moments early on when Dracula, like his um, crush on her was so adorable to me. And knowing that she was like using him in order to kill him, it like fueled it made me mad. Yeah, it, it fueled how much I disliked the antagonist. It got to the point where I was like, even if she's like, hey, I've had a change of heart, I'm still going to be like, yo, you accepted that first date with ulterior motives. You're an asshole. Like, you don't get redemption. I decide you don't get redemption. Dracula may <laughs> forgive you, but I don't. Um, Dallas and his god complex. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> So yeah, that was that was funny to me. Um, it's funny the thing that actually got me to recognize that that was Catherine Hahn doing the voice, the way she like "Welcome to the cruise ship, I'm your captain." It was very reminiscent of a line from uh, Spider Verse when uh, she realizes that Peter B. Parker isn't there alone because someone's like someone invisible is carrying the computer, and she says. Um, I didn't know you have an invisible friend or something like that. And the the tone she uses all throughout Hotel 3 was almost exactly what she did for that one line in Spider-Verse. Hmm. And that was kind of what clued me into it. Um, as I was listening to his voice, I did not realize until I looked it up that Jim Gaffigan was... Yeah, I didn't realize of, that either. Um, ...original Van Helsing, um, which... He was doing a voice the whole time. So that was great. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it's funny how for such a, a big cast, there are certain people who are doing a voice. Like Adam Sandler is mm-hmm. doing a voice yeah. to do Dracula. Andy Samberg is just doing his Adam Sandler, Andy Samberg voice. Um, He's doing his Adam Sandler voice. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, the girl, the main girl. Mavis. Yeah. Who's voiced Selena by Selena Gomez? Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez is just doing Selena Gomez voice. Um, uh, Steve Buscemi is just doing his Steve Buscemi voice. But then all all of a sudden they bring in Jim Gaffigan and Catherine Hahn, both of whom do voices themselves. And so it's it's interesting how some people were able to come in and just be like, "Yep, be yourself in front of this mic." And other people who was like, "You are playing this character, so sound like that character. Don't sound like you." And uh I I really like when uh people take a voice acting gig and they actually have to voice act. They have to push themselves vocally. I thought that was that was cool. Um so I was kind of uh more impressed with with those roles than others but uh yeah still very enjoyable um and that wraps up our real couple real spooky october thon yeah Um, happy halloween (laughs) happy halloween yeah plan is i'll i'll get this put out on halloween day so um you can be you can have an AirPod in while you're trick-or-treating tonight or something. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of you are probably Listen gonna... to the real couple yeah, listen while to the you're real couple. trick-or-treating. Um, a lot of you are probably going to discover that this has been put up after Halloween Day. So, happy... Late Halloween. Late Halloween, yeah. Whatever time of year that you're discovering this, happy that. Um, Keep listening. Keep listening. We're going to... Tell your friends. We have an posting. Instagram... We're posting on that more regularly. Um, our Instagram is bopping these days. Yeah. 
yeah, we're cool. We are cool. Uh, you but should yeah. come be cool with us. Yeah. Follow uh, us. Tell your friends. Subscribe to the podcast. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Radio Public. Um, subscribe on any of those or subscribe on all of those so that if you don't see the notification come through for like Apple Podcasts, you will see it for Spotify or for Amazon Music. It'll be great. Um, plus, we'll get more subscribers and that would be dope. Yes. Um, tell your friends. Tell your friends. We tell, want you all to listen. Yeah. Annoy your friends. Um, so yeah, but, uh, more than anything else, just thanks for listening. Yeah. Thank you so much for, it's fun. for being there. Um, so We're yeah. excited for some things we've got coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to. I think we're going to do the Terminator movies. Yeah. Moving through the whole Terminator series, which, um, I have seen all Terminator movies. Um, I have not seen, like, I have both the theatrical and director's cut of one of them i've only ever seen theatrical of it though um so yeah so stay yeah. tuned yeah and we're and gonna so this is your first time going through the terminator series yes it yeah. is and if anyone out there if you guys have never seen any of the terminator movies great watch um, through them with us yeah watch through tell them us with what us. you think you have time to to make your way through so you can watch them as we go um but yeah uh see you soon and I think that's everything. Bye. Bye.